It's the same thing, really. Every year. Every year. This time of season. We have the same conversation. And uh, there I forecast that it will be the same thing until, well, the sky opens and the trumpets sound. <laughs> what am I talking about? Well, it's our topical Thursday conversation themed session, if you will. And we're going to go find our friends over at ChristianCourier.com. And we're going to read an article titled, May Christians Observe Holidays. May Christians Observe Holidays. Is it authorized by God? Is it permissible? Do we have within the realm and boundaries of Christ the permissible application to adhere the traditions of holiday? Every year, this time of year, we just finished going through Halloween. Now we're going towards Christmas. It's the same thing. You have brethren who practice holiday. You have brethren who don't practice holiday. And you have brethren who don't practice holiday who condemn brethren who practice holiday. So we just finished condemning our brethren as Satan worshipers. Now we're going to condemn our brethren for being pagans. Or at least we may wait until they put up a tree in the house or something along those lines. Every year since I've chosen to follow Jesus way back in 2011, I've seen this every year, on social media more so than anywhere else, brethren who practice holiday and who share experience and, and uh, uh, their, their, their moments with holiday. Then you have brethren who don't and are simply silent about it. And then you have brethren who don't and who are activists. They are actively, every other hour, every other day, condemning brethren who do practice holiday. And let's just set things into proper descriptive understanding here. We've just finished practicing Halloween, or that is the holiday that has just passed. And for Halloween, in the now Western culture, if you will, our modern idea and uh, uh, custom to the holiday is joy. It's parents and grandparents and little kids dressing up as little ghouls and ghosts or witches. You have, you know, pumpkins carved out. You have uh, superheroes and imagine, imagination and, and uh, communities coming together with their parents and grandparents and children. And uh, it, it's a joyful uh, moment of uh, uh, outreach and togetherness and just human touch, if you will, and uh, we get to have uh, treats to that effect, you know, chips and chocolate, uh, perhaps some gummy bears, if you're lucky, gummy worms. My favorites are the gummy frogs, but anyways, so this is what this is. 
that, that if you when you say Halloween, my description, our description, the Western world's description now in our age, our culture is that it's it's children dressing up as superheroes or ghouls and ghosts. It's it's parents finding pleasure and joy. Grandparents likewise. Communities coming together, knocking doors, getting candies. That's what that is. Now, some brethren may be sincere in their efforts trying to invoke a description that is not applicable, such as the occult or Satan worship or sorcery and, and, and witchcraft and all sorts of accusations to the children and the parents and the grandparents. And so you can see how it becomes controversial every year, this time of year, this time of season, between the three parties, or more so two parties, the ones who don't practice and feel the obligation, the conscience-mind obligation to condemn brethren who do practice it on social media more so than anywhere else. And you can see that there, there, there's a line in the sand. There's a breach of fellowship and unity and like-mindedness and judgment. And it is the same applicable perspective when it comes to Christmas. What is Christmas? In the Western mind, the culture we currently hold this age and have been holding throughout the many decades I've been on this earth, it's been a time of family, a time of food, a time of memory, a time in which uh, you can uh, find uh, peace and tranquility, uh, a time in which we can be thankful to God for the many blessings we've received, kind of similar to Thanksgiving, if you will. Uh, and um, brethren who are against that holiday accuse us of being pagans, of course, that we are participating in pagan worship. So we go from Satan worshipers over in Halloween to pagan pagans, if you will, in uh, Christmas time. Now, of course, we aren't Satan worshippers in Halloween, and we aren't pagans in Christmas time. They who create this definition, uphold that definition, are the ones who, of course, keep it to their own perspective. But that is not indeed the, the, the accurate definition of what we are doing in holiday. So that's an important conversation to have. Now, we are not going to convince some of the brethren who are firmly, again, convinced in their own mind. And at times, that is to be lent to pride, self-righteousness, ego. Uh, they found themselves a law created by their own teachers, if you will, their own desires to seek out our privileges, our freedoms in Christ, and rob us of them in order to bound, bind a, a law, create a law, find us guilty of that law, if you will, and then condemn us for it. Now, are there brethren who, out of sheer ignorance, if you will, who are products of what they've been taught? They are the produce. Ye shall know them by their fruits. They are fruits. They are the produce of what they've been taught in a certain local congregation. And they are simply ignorantly following along with the teachings that would condemn any of their brethren who would so 
even entertain the thought to have joy with the children and the parents and the grandparents in holiday. Yes, of course, there are brethren in whom we suffer long, but the word is long-suffering, suffer long. It's not suffer forever. It's not forever suffering. It's suffer long. That means we must have patience. There is an expiration date to that, obviously. So you can see that there are some who are simply uh, uh, high-handedly accusing other brethren who do practice, and then you have some who are ignorantly following along, thinking it to be righteous, to be scripturally accurate, to condemn their brethren who would find joy in times of holiday. So we're simply at, as we do every year, this time of season. We've just finished Halloween. We're getting into Christmas soon enough. We have this conversation. And we're going to read an article from our friends over at ChristianCourier.com titled, May Christians Observe Holidays. My name is Stefan Maillet. AddedSouls.com is the website you should check out. It is the hub location with all the links you may want to endeavor. And my dear friends, please consider signing up to AddedSouls.Locals.com. It's free to sign up. Once you are there, you can choose to support the Added Souls work monthly, whether it be $5, $500, or $5,000. It all goes towards the work through the Maya family, myself, my faithful wife, my three little kiddos, and the work we labor along with here, the East Coast Church of Christ. And you can check out the website, eastcoastchurchofchrist.com, for further information, or our Facebook page, East Coast Church of Christ. If you are not comfortable with signing up to addedsouls.locals.com, you can send donation through PayPal. My email address, addedsouls at gmail.com. You are not comfortable through any digital means of support? My dear friend, reach out to me. We'll have ourselves a video chat, a phone call, email exchange. I'll give you a physical address in which you can mail something. Housekeeping, be sure to subscribe, like, share, comment, all those wonderful things help this kind of material. Find individuals like you and I who might want to cultivate the substance of this content for the benefit of our faithful walk. And so we go now to our friends over at ChristianCourier.com, and I'm going to put that up on the screen here. There's the article. May Christians observe holidays. We're going to read the information from our brother Wayne Jackson. May he rest in peace. And uh, we are like-minded in a great sphere of many doctrinal matters. We may differ on matters of personal scruple or conscience or judgment. However, uh, for the most part, a great many times, doctrinally, obviously, we are on the same narrow path. Uh, And, of course, the Scriptures allows us to have a differing opinion, perhaps, on other things though it has been my personal opinion that the autonomy of the local congregation when all of its members are like-minded in scruple and opinion and conscience to a certain measurable degree within the confines of the doctrine's permission, uh, it, it, it is a healthy congregation. It is a growing congregation. 
and so our friends over here uh, over at ChristianCourier.com, Wayne Jackson writes, May Christians observe holidays? Very good question. It is indeed an honest question to ask if you are seeking the law for assistance. Again, I go back to the illustration of the two individuals in the same community asking the same question. And please follow along. Two individuals, same community, same question. Are there any police officers here? Those two individuals are asking the same question in the same community. However, one of them is asking, are there police officers here? For he or she is seeking assistance from the law. Why? They've been burglarized. Their house has been broken into. Are there any police officers here? Please, quick, I need assistance. The other individual is asking the same question. Are there any police officers here? But not for the assistance of the service, but rather to flee the law, to run away from the law. Why? Well, because they burglarized their neighbor's house. So, we ask a question. May Christians observe holidays? Are we seeking a reasonable, lawful service? Or are we seeking to run away from the law? Two individuals, same community, community, same question. I can't judge that. You look in the mirror and ask yourself that question. Are you asking because you are wanting to know the truth? Or are you asking because you don't want to know the truth and simply seek to cause problems? Okay, written by Wayne Jackson. It begins, it says, Is it wrong for Christians to celebrate some of the holidays popular in our society, like giving gifts at Christmas time, allowing children to go trick-or-treating at Halloween, or hunting eggs at Easter? It's a legitimate question. Back in 2011, when I had begun my journey to follow Jesus, to know who the man was, and to understand Christianity and what it meant, all those things, seeking evidence to the fact, I obviously... Uh, wanted to know the answer to this, because if I cannot, as a Christian, participate in any shape or form to holiday, then I will not. I would much rather lose everything and gain Christ, even if that meant holiday tradition and practice. So it's a good question to ask if one seeks to be faithful, and one is given an option from the scriptures in his freedom towards Christ. Is it wrong for Christians to practice and celebrate, participate in holiday? Halloween, Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, St. Patty's Day, I don't know, you name it. There's so many of them. There's one every other month, it seems. St. Valentine's, right? Okay. In considering this issue, the article says, several things should be kept in view, right? Let's reason together. A practice may have originated under certain circumstances, but eventually have lost that significance, either in whole or at least significantly. If you leave, you know, um, sometimes you have like these outdoor toys, 
Maybe you forgot the the basketball outside throughout a few seasons, you know, perhaps the plastic little uh, uh, trucks and cars for the kids. You you leave certain toys outside, you know, they pass through the seasons over here. We lose them through wintertime. Where'd it go? I don't know. And then the snow melts and it's like, oh, there it is. There's where my toy was. You know, the kids fascinated by the fact that they once again found their long lost toy. What happens to the toy? Well, the toy loses the, 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 the shine or the, uh, the current condition it was in. If you find it outside after a few seasons, it's going to lose, it's going to change, it's going to find itself in a different way after some years. Well, tradition at times can operate that way. It may begin with a certain uh, uh, definition and throughout the many decades, centuries, millennia, uh, find itself completely di different, you know, uh, different, uh, um, changed. Adaptation of sorts, right? So a practice may have originated under certain circumstances, but eventually have lost that significance. Now the article continues and it says, consider the practice of eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols previously right? A very lively issue in the first century, something they might have well said and begun with. Every year we go through these arguments between the Christians and the Jews and the Greeks and those of us who have converted out of Judaism and the Gentile way of life. Now Christians, yet still with the scars of our past life, there's a lot involved. I mean, you can't find yourself in a congregation where we are find we, uh, 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 converts, it's growing numerically. Individuals are converting away from uh, their past religious views and now into Christ, seeking to be faithful in Christ. There's a lot of baggage they have to unlearn and learn new things in Christ, unlearn old things that they had prior. And so how does this operate and how does this function in a, the autonomy of a congregation where we are submissive to one another and submissive to the elders? Consider the practice of eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols previously, a very lively issue for the first century. We cannot put ourselves in a position thinking, well, the Bible just does not answer that because they did not have to deal with uh, uh, Halloween or Christmas or Easter or St. Valentine's Day in the first century. Well, perhaps they were not accustomed to those very traditions, those seasonal holidays, yet mankind has always created and practiced and celebrated holiday from one side of the spectrum all the way to the other for various reasons. It could be around food. It could be around a monument. It could be around a thought or a memory, or it could be around, right? So certainly in the first century, they had to deal with holiday. They had to deal with matters of scruple and conscience. And the scriptures speaks about that to help us discern on which side we will uh, take position. So the article continues. Here is the background. A meat sacrifice would be made to an idol. Okay, this is what would take place after a certain portion was consumed in sacrificial flames or by the priests, if you will. The balance would be sold as common food in the market, right? Now the controversy, therefore, arose is this meat contaminated simply because it had some connection with an idol? 
Now let's just take a small pause there, you and I, as we reason together and we ask ourselves a question. How could that be of practical application in our faith today? When you go to Walmart to purchase some clothing, perhaps, and maybe whatever other store you may have in mind, you go to perhaps the shopping center or whatnot, you go and purchase some clothes. Are you going to take the shirt, the jacket, the socks, the whatever from uh, the shelf there and, and ask yourself and, and, and take that, that item and walk to the cashier or to assistance, if you can find it, uh, and ask the question, hey, listen, I want to purchase this shirt, but has it been woven by any Greek gods or was there any kind of Satan worship taking place while they were making this shirt. I need to know that before I purchase this shirt, that it was not woven together by the minds of heathens or pagans or perverts or Gentiles or Greeks or whoever. I, I need to know it was made by faithful, upstanding, decent Christians of our society. Well, what do you think would happen there? They'd look at you like a deer in the lights. They'd just be like, what on earth is he doing? Security, security, we got a problem here. Well, we don't do that. What about when we go to the grocery store? We go to the grocery store to purchase any kind of item. Do we go to the cashier asking those questions? Was this meat sacrificed to idols? Because if it was, I just can't purchase it. We don't ask the question, do we? No, we purchase the clothing. We purchase the nourishment. What about a house? You're going to purchase some land in a house or a house or some land? The landowner. Are you having a conversation with the landowner? Hey, listen, were you guys drawing pentagrams, lighting up candles, drinking blood, having uh, uh, orgies and all sorts of sexual perversions on this land? Was this land here utilized in any way sacrificially to the de de demons or the devil or Satan? Because I can't purchase this land if it was, if it was not utilized and well that would be again quite a ridiculous conversation in which the individual would be like hey listen i don't, buddy i don't know what to tell you i don't know what's the matter with you a house the same thing has this house ever been utilized for satan worship prior because uh, i don't want to buy this house if it was it's a reasonable question it's reasonable to have this dialogue it's not outlandish we must follow the train of thought. Your son's in a Spider-Man suit, and he's filled with joy. And he just can't wait to go outside to be with all his friends who are dressed up as the Hulk, He-Man, a few ghouls and ghosts, a few witches here and there. They get to trade their candies. They get to talk about their candies. Grandma and Grandpa are just so peaceful with that and so joyful they're happy to see the kids having fun and hey whoa let, let's stop everything here guys i could i go outside with a microphone right those horn microphones everyone please pay attention and everyone comes to a halt the community comes to a halt the kids the parents the grandparents everything's guys we're practicing satan worship where did you get those candies? They were sacrificed to idols, weren't they? You devil worshippers. Like, I mean, how outlandish would that be? Well, you know how outlandish that would be. That would not make any sense whatsoever. So it's a good question. Is this meat contaminated simply because it had some connection with an idol? 
How far are you going to take that before you recognize that you'll be starving to death, you'll be naked, and you will have no lodging? So Paul's answer is no. No. If one has knowledge, in other words, that an idol is nothing, and his conscience is not offended, he may eat of that meat. The powers of darkness have no hold on us anymore if we've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, calling on his name as repentant believers, Acts twenty two sixteen. Why are we still living in the corruption and fear of things that no longer apply to us? Hey man, you shouldn't eat that steak. Satan is the one who cooked it on his barbecue. Oh really? Okay, I don't care, I'm hungry. I'm going to thank God for the meat. Hey man, you shouldn't let your kids dress up to be superheroes and practice this Satan worship. Hey man, I don't practice no Satan worship. I don't even know what you're talking about. That don't apply to us whatsoever. The kids are having fun. They're playing around with their imagination. Everything is decent within the boundaries of good Christian conduct. The parents are very uh, pleased to see their kids having joy. The grandparents is also, we're taking pictures. We're having moments in the community. People are getting to be friends. We're having conversations. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about, witchcraft and sorcery. No, none of that applies here, buddy. It, just don't, it, it, don't, it, don't, it don't have anything on us. We're Christians. We've been set free from the bondage of those things. What we're having here is just a fun time that is permissible. It's authorized. It's decent. That's it. It is not contaminated merely by its former association. Yeah, well, once upon a time, centuries long ago, Halloween was a devil-worshipping occult, and it was evil. Really? I don't know, man. I, I don't, maybe, I guess. And of course, I'm playing a bit of humor to the tone. But yeah, I do know. I've researched it. I know exactly where Halloween comes from, where Christmas comes from, where St. Valentine's, where all of the... Because I studied those things because I wanted to know things about them. But yeah, we don't practice those things that they originated with. Or some may do today still somewheres, I guess. Yeah, I suppose Satan worshippers probably do the whole Halloween thing quite differently, do they? Yeah, they might define it quite differently, Sure. Anton LaVey would say, I really love how everyone's practicing Halloween. Well, we're not practicing Halloween the way you do, buddy. We're not drinking blood and drawing up some pentagrams and, you know, sacrificing this, sacrificing that, and having ourselves some kind of a an orgy. No, you don't do those things. So that, that don't apply to us whatsoever. Stop. Fi- you can't bind that accusation on us. We don't practice those things. We've been set free from those things. We may have lived that way pr- in our prior life, but Jesus has saved our souls, so we don't need to... Well, we're not shackled to those ways anymore. It is not contaminated merely by its former association. Just because some, someone, can, someone can take this pen and make it as a, some kind of a, a, a relic shrine emblem of satanic r- rituals, and it, it's just filled with devils and demons. And it, Okay, buddy, to me it's a pen. I'm going to write with it. What, are you going to put me in jail because I use, a, use this as a pen? It's a pen. What are you, what are you talking about? Are you going to condemn me to hell for being a Satan worshiper because you think that someone somewhere has used this pen for something else? Listen, no. That's not how this works. You're putting lines in the sand. It is not contaminated merely by its former association. Yet, there is this caution, as with everything, isn't there? Just because this pen 
is just a pen to me doesn't mean I should utilize it to hurt someone with it. There's boundary. There's caution. If one is in an environment wherein some weak, in other words, without mature knowledge, more so tender of heart, if you will, brother. So if one is in an environment wherein some brother is liable to be damaged, then it would be best to refrain in that instance, lest the weak brother's conscience be wounded. And I agree with that. And I believe that is a wise balance. Case per case. However, to that end, we must not become the victims of oppression, suppression, or tyranny at the hands of someone who would have a weaker or more so tender conscience. Because then you will find yourself not being able to even leave the house without offending said brother or sister. So there has to be a balance in which you have conversation with the given brother or sister. Hey, listen, I respect full-heartedly your conscience in regards to holiday. And I know that you and your family do not practice or celebrate in any way, shape, or form Easter, Christmas, Halloween, all of it. And I commend you to that end. If that is your conscience, if that is your position, then I want to make sure that I facilitate your conscience and freedom. However, you must know that it is not a lawless act to practice within the boundaries of permissibility, of course, holiday. And I and my family enjoy practicing Halloween, Christmas, Easter, so on and so forth. And so we must learn to communicate in a way that will have us remaining united with the like-minded doctrine of our Lord and Master and judgment and not cause a fracture, a friction to division, unrighteous division, over these matters of personal opinion and scruple. Now, these conversations need to be had, if necessary, in a local assembly designed by the autonomy of our Lord and Master's wisdom. It is always, of course, beneficial when everyone is of the same kind of scruple. But at times, that is not the case. And so we must learn how to navigate and persevere through those moments and the Bible, of course, is the best inspired location to learn how to do that. So, yes, we must have caution. Caution not to be uh, heavy-handed towards a brother, whether one direction or the other, whether it be one who practices holiday, heavy-handed on the one who does not, or the one who does not, heavy-handed on the one who does. There must be a greater priority keeping both of these parties as one, and there is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there is certainly caution to the practice of holiday. It continues, this article from our friends over at ChristianCourier.com. It says, it would be wrong to partake religiously of a practice that compromises one's fidelity to the truth. Absolutely. If a given tradition or holiday 
becomes the idol that sets you apart from God, then there is a lawless issue now. And there must be repentance, a change, or there will be eternal consequences. The apostle deals with such a matter in 1 Corinthians 10. If in a service where sacrifices were being offered to demons, the Christian were to partake, in other words, have communion, koinonia, participation, right, fellowship, with those involved in the illicit worship, such clearly would be sinful, chapter 10, verses 20 and 21. So again, there is great responsibility in Christ within the realm of freedom and privilege bestowed upon us, his grace, his mercy, allowing us these things. But there is responsibility, there is priority. If only we would have kept that as a nation, but we forgot that or took for granted that our freedom, our privilege came at a great cost and has much responsibility. Almost like uh, that young Asian individual selling his grandfather's mogwai to an American individual. Great responsibility with a mogwai. It is joyful, it's cute, it's playful. But if you don't know how to take care of it, you're going to find yourself with a whole room filled with gremlins. And we all know what happens there, don't we? Yeah, so freedom has responsibility. The article continues, to participate or to practice Christmas, Halloween, or Easter religiously would be unwarranted, if you will, or not given as an authorized gift to God. Here, God, I give you Easter. This is for you. Well, God don't want Easter. Here, God, I give you Christmas. This is for you. Well, I don't need Christmas. To do so merely as a cultural custom would be a matter of personal judgment, and that is accurate to the balance of the scriptures in regarding our freedom in Christ. That's where it is found. We do not utilize these traditions, these holidays, as an act of worship and gift towards God because, well, he didn't ask to receive Halloween, Easter, St. Valentine's Day, or Christmas, or anything like that. So it is merely cultural, if you will, for us in a tradition of humanity in the Western world to find joy and family in time of holiday. Uh, however, a question that is important to ask. Can we set apart any day in worship and praise to God? Yes. If tomorrow I want to set apart that day as holy as unique to God in meditation and praise and worship to God, me and my family tomorrow, we want to do that. Is that permissible? Well, of course, and it is encouraged to do so. What if we want to do that on December 25th? Aha. Well, of course it's permissible. Of course we can on December 25th, 25th put that day aside as a unique day to worship God, to give praise to God, and to thank God for who he is and allowing his son to die on that cruel cross, allowing us eternal life. Of course we can. Now, 
Perhaps there is conversation to be had if it is wise. Because a great many things are permissible, but are they wise to practice? Aha! To each his own conscience and judgment. Is it wise for me to set apart or set aside as a holy day, December 25th? Well, it may give the wrong impression to the community if I do that. So again, all things may be permissible in Christ, the freedom we have, yet all things may not be wise. We need to be aware of our surroundings. We must become all things to all men. We must be approachable. And we must not contaminate ourselves, nor compromise the doctrine of our Lord and Master and our faith within the doctrine. Okay? So we keep reading, and it says here in the article, In Romans 14, Paul argues the general proposition that there will be different levels of knowledge among brethren, and that, to a certain extent, these must be accommodated for the sake of Christian unity. They, they have to. They must. For example, some out of conviction choose to eat uh, to not eat meats. Others see nothing wrong with such a practice. The apostle instructs that neither individual is to set a knot or set at knot the other. The one who eats meat towards the one who doesn't, the one who doesn't towards the one who does is not to set at naught one another. No man is to create a law in areas of expediency and then demand that all others submit. And sadly, a great many local congregations have succumbed to that tyranny and fall prey to no longer be free in Christ, but now have since withdrawn from that freedom and are now subject to the delinquent or the offender who always has a new law to bind upon the people. And sadly, you will have leaders who will utilize that and take side with the offender or the delinquent instead of behaving with Christ-like discernment, wisdom, and uh, fixing the problem in a quick common description. If an overt act of transgression is not the issue, peace must prevail. And this, in those moments, we must seek the things that unify us and not focus on the things that keep us divided within the realm of one's scruples or personal opinions. The brother who goes on an activist mentality on Facebook to condemn his brethren every other hour, calling us devil worshippers and Satan worshippers or pagans because we practice holiday is not doing any good for the church whatsoever. Matter of a fact, it's bringing reproach and it can become so toxic that one's soul may be in danger. Though they are firmly convinced in their conscience that they are upright and righteous in doing the work of God, I assure you the scriptures would say otherwise. The Pharisees, my dear friends, the Sanhedrin, the socio-political body of Judaism that was oppressing the people, were firmly convinced within their own scholarly education, were firmly convinced that they were righteous in murdering Jesus Christ. Firmly convinced. Were they right or were they wrong? A great many tyrannical brethren cause great chaos in the church 
unrighteous division in the church. And they will do so in the name of righteousness. They will do so claiming from their mouth that it is being done for the gospel cause, when in actual reality, it is quite the opposite. And unfortunately, they will have an abrupt moment of sobriety when they meet God, knowing that they were working against him. Lord, Lord, did we not do the things you told us to do in your name? I do not know you. Now, that's a scary thought, isn't there? We all need his grace. And so we need to find ourselves understanding this topic, this subject. The article over at ChristianCourier.com continues, and it says, Most folks who are rather sensitive about these cultural practices are not consistent entirely in their own conduct. Very true. Consider, for example, the celebration of birthdays. In ancient Egypt, the birthdays of the pharaohs were considered as holy days, days set apart, unique than the other, they're different than the other days. With no work being done, that's how it was seen. Moreover, as John Lightfoot noted, quote, the Jewish schools esteem the keeping of birthdays as part of idolatrous worship. Do you have birthday parties? you have cake? What about weddings? you have a wedding ring? You have a wedding ring? Have one of those? You know where that comes from? The idea of a wedding ring? To go on that finger right here? You know where that comes from? You have a problem with marriage traditions and ceremonies? You know where that comes from? Does this mean that if a man in this era gives his wife a birthday present, or if we have a birthday party for a child, we have compromised our faith? Surely no one will so allege. Well, no, they don't. They don't see the inconsistency of their the hypocrisy of the brethren who condemn those of us as Satan worshippers because our kids find joy in imagination and wearing costumes and getting candy. Like, they don't see that because they're blinded by that log sticking out of their forehead. They're blinded by their own ego or their own pride or jealousy or things of that nature. What about the man who takes his wife out for dinner and gives her flowers on Valentine's Day? Has he yielded to the Romish dogma regarding St. Valentine? When we place flowers on the graves of our loved ones, is this the same as the Hindu practice of putting food on the graves of one's ancestors? Does having a wedding ceremony in a church building imply that we endorse the Catholic notion that marriage is a, quote, church sacrament? Well, surely these queries must be answered negatively. If we are being fair and just and honest students of the principles the scriptures reveal, practices can change with time and mean different things to different people. We must not compromise the truth, but neither are we permitted to make spiritual laws for others. If only we would embrace this balanced scriptural principle. 
we would not be drawing lines in the sand God never drawn. And we'd have much more influence in the community and much more unity and love towards one another. Is it permissible for Christians, or as the question of the article written, may Christians observe holidays? Yes. Yes, they may. They may choose not to, and that is perfectly fine. That is perfectly fine. But they can. They can. There are boundaries. There are conditions. But they can. Every year, arguments back and forth from brethren, again, not driven by Christ, but by their loyalties to their own agenda. And sadly, they will pluck out verses from their context in trying to condemn their fellow brethren and find justification for condemning their brethren over their brethren celebrating certain holidays. They will go to Ephesus and pluck out the words of Paul, speaking that we should have no affiliation with the deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Yet, do they look at the context and the things that Paul was speaking about? No. What of the words of Paul to the Corinthians? They will pluck out verses there as well. What business do we have with evil works? You see, they define the practice of joy in this now modern cultured Western world in regards to holiday. They will take that and keep it corrupted. It goes back to the illustration of the pen. In their minds, this pen is an emblem, an item of satanic witchcraft, demons, all of that. That's how they see this pen. Yet it isn't. It's just a pen. But they see it as evil. But it isn't. It's just a pen. So the minute I take this pen, in their minds, I am participating in, I am utilizing an item of uh, Satan worship. And it must be exposed. It is, a, it, is an, it is evil. It is darkness. But it isn't. Really, it isn't. It's just a pen. You see, I've been set free from evil when I chose to follow Jesus, when he saved me. I, I'm no longer a slave to thinking that this pen is a Satan worship object. Now, if you are firmly convinced this pen is, then by all means, don't touch the pen. Don't have anything to do with the pen, but that's on you. And you can't dictate my faith in regards to my utilize, utilizing this pen, because I know it's just a pen. It's just a pen. They will utilize Paul's words to the uh, Thessalonians. One must flee all appearance of evil. Again, they pluck all these verses out of context, and they share these memes that are just so sadly foolish. And they bring reproach on the church because... Those of us who have read the letters in their context see how disingenuous that those attempts, those agendas are. We see how fake it is, how it's just not true. The equivalent of brethren who do not worship with the church on Sunday, but rather 
go golfing and say, well, hey, there's a Bible verse that says wherever two or three are gathered, there Jesus is with, so we're going to have Jesus along with us on Sunday to go play some golf instead of going with the church and worshiping the church. See, there's a Bible verse. Well, that Bible verse don't even mean that. And that Bible verse has nothing to do with that uh, interpretation at all. It has to do with church discipline. I've been born and raised practicing these holidays. It is our culture. It is our people. We have fond memories. They are memorable. And never once were they seen as something having to do with the occult or Satan worship or paganism. My memories, along with all of our community's memories, were quite simple. Family, friends, food. Family, friends, food. This pen is just a pen. The sooner we learn that, the better we will be towards one another, and the more work we can do th together. The more work we can do together. Friends, I appreciate you a great deal. Please consider subscribing, liking, sharing, drop a comment. You know, where are you from? Say hi. Uh, by all means, please consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. You can sign up there for free. Once you're there, you can choose to support this work. You can also have the PayPal option for donation, email address addedsouls at gmail.com, or you can contact me for a uh, video chat, phone call, or email exchange, if you will, if you have concerns or questions. I labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ over here in New Brunswick, Canada. It is a wonderful mission. This church is growing. It is healthy. We've been seeing uh, conversions, right? Renewals and baptisms. We've been studying with many contacts every week. We have returned visitors every week. It's a beautiful, flourishing, healthy congregation. And dare I say, one of the components through His grace, of course, is our willingness to find unity in regards to matters of scruple, opinion, conscience, judgment, when wanting to practice holiday or not wanting to practice holiday. Stefan May is my name. AddedSouls.com is the website. Stay focused. Stay positive. Check the itinerary. We go live from Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time, for the most part anyways. And uh, if you have any suggestions for things you would like to have us discuss, or if you have uh, anything you would like to uh, insert, by all means, allow us to know that. And it would be our honor and pleasure to look into those things. Good stuff? All right, man. Peace out.